another episode of Liverpool Adventures podcast. Um, we haven't been on for a little while. It's been very hectic and busy. Uh, we're going to share some of the stuff we've been doing since last time we were recording something. So with me, I've got the beautiful one and only Karen Elizabeth Gill. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. I thought you were going to introduce David that way, actually. Oh, that would have been more appropriate. No, I was hoping it would be <laughs> He was flushing, flushing there. No, flushing. No, no. Flushing. <laughs> no, I was breathing a sigh of relief, actually. <laughs> and the even more beautiful David Fairclough. How are you today, David? Yeah, all good. Thank you very much. Yeah, nice to uh, nice to be back, so to speak. And, uh, you know, as I say, talk about a few things that... Uh, have been going on in recent weeks and months. Yes, so let's uh, start off with a big event coming up for you, David, because every year you're having um, a big charity night for the Walton Centre. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell us what's coming up, and it's on Friday the 24th, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, well, I've been linked to the Walton Centre now um, for 11, going on 12 years. Um it's something that uh, myself and my children now have become very attached to. Uh, we have a number of events throughout the year, but we have two main ones. And one is, as you say, is coming up next week, which is a, a dinner dance, uh, a ball at, um, in Liverpool. So we're all looking forward to it. It Take, takes up a little bit of plan and it takes up a little bit of time in the, in the lead up to it. I have to say it can be a bit of a distraction. Obviously, we want it to go well. And, uh, and so for that, uh, for those reasons, you know, you get, do get a little bit preoccupied and a little bit nervous that, you know, things will go sort of reasonable anyway. And we have a successful event. Karen and I went last year with the rest of the Hotel Tia staff and we had a great time dancing the night away. Um, I love the charity events in England. It's something that's not as big in Norway where I'm from, mm -hmm. but it's like something that is a part of people's uh, an important part of people's lives here in, in England because, you know, it's such a good night out, isn't it, Karen? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you're, I think the one I went to, I think it was the year before last, actually, mm. Ragnold. Um, it was the first time I'd ever been mm. to uh, something like that and I really, really enjoyed it. It was great. Mm. Well, that's no, obviously, we, we want to put on a reasonable, a reasonable night. Uh, you know, the main thing is people have fun and they enjoy, but... Uh, on the back of it, there's a, there's a kind of a, a reason for, for initially hosting, and that is to raise some funds that we can um, do some great things with the Walton Centre, which is a major centre of excellence uh, for brain surgery and pain. Um, we're very lucky to have it in, in Liverpool, and it's something that, as I say, my family have become very attached to over the last 11 years. And um, it, 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 you know, it continues to be a major uh, facility, you know, if not the best in the country of its type. And we and the things that we do help it to maybe stay in that number one position. Because they are saving so many lives, aren't they? Yeah, they're doing amazing things. And I was down there this week seeing the... Um, we were doing a little bit of filming on the kit that we that we bought last year and uh, some of the... Um, some of the things that they're able to do. And people obviously uh, are, are sort of are hit with all kinds of horrible horrendous things and and uh you know spending time in the walton center can be a, an awful long and painful sort of journey to get out and, and one or two of the things that we've been able to provide over the last year or two 
sort of speeds up recovery or aids recovery. Um, and we've got some kit there with the only facility of its type um, in the country with it. You know, so as I say, you're very fortunate to be in, in this city uh, if, if, um, if uh, you are sort of, um, you know, I say, uh, troubled or sort of you, you suffer from something really, really serious to do with the brain. Um, and not just for Liverpool. It's, uh, it's also um, because of the nature of its expertise, it, um, it's a major facility for people, you know, throughout the north of England. And, uh, and we, we have, um, they have uh, patients in from Ireland even, um, you know, sort of the Midlands. So, you know, we, we play, you know, Bolton Centre plays a major part in, in, uh, in aiding, you know, people with serious, serious, serious illnesses. And you and your children have named your night after your uh, wife that you lost a few years ago, Jan Fairclough's ball. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't our idea, to be honest with you. I mean, we didn't, we, the first ball was, uh, was named, was, was called something else. Um, but um, the hospital then wanted to kind of uh, dedicate it towards Jan, and um, she would have been, you know, hugely embarrassed to have, you know, something named after her because that wasn't her style at all. But uh, the fact that uh, it does carry her name makes us even more sort of uh, uh, concerned that it's a, it's a good event, and, and uh, you know, we're, yeah, say we're very proud and um, happy to do our little bit you know over the year it is an amazing night guys and uh, how many uh, how much money have you raised so far david on on those charity events you're doing well because we 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 um we do so much through through the year but uh we're probably coming up to somewhere around eight hundred thousand pounds over wow. the last uh, 11 years which is uh, wow you know, no easy thing. We we um, created um, something at the Walton Centre called the Home from Home, and uh, when they told me it was going to cost a million pound to uh, to build, I thought, well, we'll be we'll be raising the money forever, but it had to be done very quickly. We were able to then save some of the uh, the cost, and it, and it came down uh, to more or less half that. So we event we did it, and we did it, we did it eventually in in about two just over two and a half years, which was. Uh, was a fantastic thing to do. As I say, I was only down there a few days ago doing some filming, and um, we're very proud of what we've um, contributed to. And um, it's something now that you know people really enjoy or are fortunate to exp you know to utilise when if they if they're in the uh, the Walton Centre for any uh, length of time. David, there are a few tables left for your big annual night. How do you go about to get hold of one of those tables? Well, certainly if anybody was uh, still uh, sort of interested at such a late sort of uh, call on this, uh, I mean, you know, maybe through Hotel Tier, perhaps you can just sort of drop the line to Hotel Tier or, um, or I'll not... Um, I wouldn't put you in the way of the, uh, the, the, the hospital, but I think maybe Hotel Tier might be a, a reasonable point of first contact and then if, if anything was we, we do have a few tables just left but uh, as I say um, it's late in the day but we would appreciate any more support out there yes yeah, so send us um, uh, an email to post at hoteltia.co.uk 
and Karen or myself will get back to you and pass it on to David. So be quick because it is an amazing night and all the best for it. I'm so sad though, Karen, because this year we can't come because we're traveling to Norway <laughs> for a big, big whiskey launch. Uh, it's on the table here in front of us. The Shankly Whiskey launched a couple of weeks ago. And that's one of the reasons we've been so busy. Uh, and now it's going to be sold in all the um, wine monopolies, as it's called in Norway. Um, how do you think about that? Your granddad's going to be there with his arms raised on the shelves all around Norway. Wow. Yeah. Well, obviously, I, I think I've mentioned before, you know, for me, it's just nice that it's kind of like a memento that people will have in their homes. So I, I really love the idea of that, uh, especially this year. Um, this year is a special year, obviously. It would have been 50 years. This would have been his final season. May 2024, his last game. Um, and then he went into retirement. So it's a special, special year. So it's a it's a way to mark that. And also, we've been talking about a little bit, you know, how um, we've seen so many images of your granddad uh, with these huge bottles of whiskey being rewarded the manager of the month. So it really is, you know, that bottle of whiskey is something that you could reward to your manager of the month or your boss in your life. It can be just a boss friend as well, can't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously Christmas presents or whatever. And, not, and yeah, as you say, uh, it has a special significance for any managers, uh, any office staff who've got a manager, they want to present a manager of the year or month or... Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nice way to reward them. It's so exciting. And you came to the launch, David. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, how was it? How was it to uh, celebrate Shankly Whiskey with well, us? Well, obviously... Shanks's name is never forgotten and it is always springs to people's minds but the fact that now maybe people can sort of look at uh, him every day of the week when you know when they've got their whiskey on the on a, on a shelf somewhere at the home but uh, it's such a fitting um, uh, image of of Shanks his arms spread out which is became a, a kind of an iconic picture anyway mm. but um, you know he's never far well he's never you know, he's never away from Liverpool's fans' uh, thoughts, I think. But in, in particularly now with this, it's, it's another reason to perhaps sort of to, to appreciate what he, uh, you know, the part that he played in building Liverpool. And, um, yeah, and it's a good time to be launching uh, the product. It's, uh, as, as, as you both say, um, Christmas time coming. It's a fitting uh, little uh, drink to give to your dad or your uncle or whoever. In, in their family so now I'm sure it'll be a good success and David here I've got uh, with me right now a bottle and it's from the first batch and it's number so it's 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 a collector's item it's it's number 44 out of 792 bottles it's signed by both Phil Thompson and Ian Callaghan and on the back here it's also signed by the great beautiful <laughs> Karen Elizabeth Gill so it's some proper Shankly DNA there as well and we would like to donate this bottle for your charity night so you can go out there and fundraise some more money because this will be mm. a great collector's item. Yeah brilliant thank you very much obviously I was saying to you before we have a, a nice uh, Bill Shankly souvenir 
uh, anyway already in the um, in the group of prizes and things so this will be a welcomed edition yeah it'll be great very fitting thank you fantastic and it was a great night the launch wasn't it, it yeah, was, i really uh, enjoyed it very yeah. good yeah, yeah yeah it was very good it was such a laugh you know and it was mm. such a span of, of of age you know in terms of, of our guests and they came from different countries and it was smiles all around and you you went around uh, giving out little tests uh, taste samples how was the reception of the whiskey uh, Karen? oh uh, yeah everybody really yeah it is it is a very good quality whiskey so anybody who's a connoisseur they you know they appreciated the and if you didn't it still tastes nice mm. so i think it was just it, it went down well literally yeah. and metaphorically <laughs> <laughs> because it is an award-winning whiskey i mean it's um it's it's stored i'm no whiskey um uh expert but it's stored in these these special casks that make this incredible taste and um it's been in there obviously for years to to get that right taste and and it's it's lovely so it's 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 like a, a more of a high-end kind of whiskey, so it is for special occasions. But you have to have a special occasion kind of whiskey when we're honouring that great. You'll be an expert very soon, Ragnar, yeah. on all things <laughs> yeah. Shankly whiskey. Give me some time; I'll get there. I'll get there eventually. Um, but no, it is it is wonderful to think that it's going back to my home country, Norway, and we're celebrating in Stavanger uh, on the Friday of your big night, on the twenty fourth. So if anyone's listening to this, please uh, make your way to uh, Sports Bar the sports bar in Stavanger uh, it's a gorgeous gorgeous I can't wait to show you Stavanger by the way Karen it is well you've been there once before haven't you with Ian St John yeah you and I have been there with Ian St John and that was fabulous I enjoyed that so much Ian it was such an entertaining amazing person and oh. uh, we just laughed the whole time basically oh, with his stories mm. much much missed Oh, yeah, much, much missed. So sad. On my journey up to the ground here today uh, to the hotel, I, I was talking to a friend and uh, Saint uh, was a big part of the, our conversation. Mm. He, he is much missed. He's, he's an incredible, mm. uh, he was an incredible individual. Yeah. Loved Ian St. John. Amazing storyteller. Oh, and yeah. such and he wit. Was, <laughs> he, had a, he was good company and he just used to, he loved to laugh and, mm. uh, and then he enjoyed life. Obviously, mm. he was a great footballer. He played a great part in the, in the Liverpool team of the 60s. Um, mm. You know, Shanks was a, was a huge admirer of all those, that, that team. But I think St. John was up there right at the front, forefront of all, the, yeah. of all that great team. He was so quick-witted, though. Mm. Like, he, he would have these these one-liners just just coming out like gold and I, I will never forget we were in this hotel reception in in Oslo where we also went and you and him and I took his very first picture on his phone mm. and even that he just made into the most hilarious moment we were like literally on the floor laughing because he, he just made everything into such comedy um it's so sad that he's gone. And another one I was thinking about yesterday on the 15th of October, it was three years since Ray Clemens mm -hmm. died. So that's another one. You know, every time I come to work, I pass this mural mm -hmm. and I go, I know it's a little bit silly, but I go, hello, Ray, because I, I miss him so much, too. Yeah, I was part of a tribute to Ray last week, um, and it, time has flown so so quick. It was so uh, so sad uh, Ray's illness sort of caught up with him in in the way that it did because he was a regular visitor to Anfield and he was here most weeks with with a number of us and loved to getting together with the lads and was always a big 
personality, loved to, loved to laugh, and uh, yeah, it was sad. Um, I mean, so many of the boys, unfortunately, have sort of have left us, and uh, but they've left behind fantastic memories. And all in that COVID period, we mm. lost so many of those precious, precious old teammates and mm-hmm. heroes of yours, mm, David. Very much so. Oh, this is moving into a sad one, so we need to, to get back <laughs> on, on. on the positive, positive side. And one positive is also... Um, since we launched the whiskey, we also got a gorgeous mural made of your granddad on 17 Anfield Road. Um, and we got Paul Curtis, who's been on this yeah. show, to do it for us because it had to be a local artist and it had to be a massive red. And, and don't you think his love for the club is just shining through the, the, the strokes of his... His paintbrush. I think it's a work of art, to be honest. When you think about like the material that he's working on and the way he's made everything look so lifelike, the way he's made my granddad basically seems to me almost come alive. It, it, it is spectacular. That that mural is one of the best I've seen, if not the best I've seen. And that's I'm not being on obviously. I'm trying not to be um, subjective. We'll say the best, Karen. It's but the best. It is it's the best. It's, can you think of any mural lot nicer than that, David? I mean, nothing's more fitting, certainly, than uh, to have Shanks sort of adorn a wall around Anfield. Um, it's pity, uh, perhaps, that it's taken so long, really, uh, because, you know, obviously the influence that he, he had and what he left behind and, and all that type of thing. I mean, some people have been... I mean, Anfield has become a little bit of a... Well, there's a there's a, a, a mural uh, tour now, almost. Uh, yeah, we're doing one here. the Anfield areas. Yeah. Uh, and an awful lot of people have been um, remembered on the walls, brightening up, brightening up the area, but um, never has been one more fitting than... But we need a super sub one too. Don't know about that. We do. We do. Let's let's start working on that. Yeah. We definitely do need that. Come on. Local. You don't get more local hero than you around here. Mm-hmm. Growing up just like a stone throw away from here. No, we need we need to get a super sub one. The one where you jumping, you know, celebrating yeah, that goal. That would be amazing. Uh against Saint Etienne. That's a mural. For the walls, That's a mural guys. in the waiting. Yes. <laughs> so uh, please don't steal the idea from us, guys, because it's got to happen. It has to happen. Uh, and remember how nervous we were because he he painted the, the face last. Because yes. not all of the murals have got, uh, you know, players with the face mm. looking exactly like them. I mean, you can see who they are, mm. but we were so nervous, weren't we? And then I we was just nervous, left it like I was most nervous about yeah, that part. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And it's... It's just him, isn't it? Mm, it is. It is, it is it's, tremendous. It's and, an amazing. Uh, I mean, as you say, I think when when these things are, are created, statues and the like, you hope that the likeness is mm. the likeness, not sort of. You yeah. think, oops, oops. <laughs> but no, <laughs> yeah. that is that is him. That mm. is him. And guys, if if you are. Um, in Liverpool on a match weekend, we do mural walks uh, with local guides. So it will be Karen or myself, or it will be one of the other guides we've got. That everyone is very, very local um, and have a huge knowledge of Liverpool Football Club. So if you want to come along, we do mural walks on Saturdays at 11 o'clock on, on uh, match, home match weekend. So send us a little email again to that post at hoteltia.co.uk to... to um, to come and come and join us if you like um and we obviously will end up the walk in the bar with a drink and a chat 
after. And it's a lovely, lovely little walk, an hour walk. And you'll be surprised how much uh, of Liverpool history we will share uh, between the walls of the paintings. So it's, it's good fun. I, I really enjoy doing them. Um, let's go to the season so far. David, we've done 12 rounds mm -hmm. and we are in the position now that we've, we've gone into the international break second, only one point behind City. Mm. Who would have thought that at the beginning of the season when we were struggling and gritting out points? Well, the hopes were always high that it was going to be a bet much better season than last year. And um, the, st the start at Chelsea was, was a tough one. And I think on reflection, I think you can say the point that you, we took from Chelsea isn't a bad result. I know they had sort of checkered form a little bit after, but they're beginning to find their feet. So a point at Chelsea wasn't a bad start, but ultimately we've kept a reasonable start going. And then whilst we haven't always been absolutely at our best, I think there have been moments when we've looked really the team that could sort of threaten Manchester City. Um, and I think uh, there's optimism and plenty of reasons to be confident that we're in for a really good year. And the fact, as you say, that we're uh, second at this stage, I think, is, is really encouraging. It's a little bit disappointing in a way that we lost the points at Tottenham the way that we did. Uh, and who knows, things could have been slightly better. But to be hot on the heels of Manchester City, I think... It is a thing that will people will uh, take notice of. Liverpool are kind of back. I think there's, there's room for for improvement still. But Liverpool are, are back to their they're stronger. You know, sort of a, like a real threatening, a real threatening. I mean, last season was so disappointing at times. Uh, offered many moments of uh, of optimism, but then we just didn't have that consistency to really keep it going. So so glad with the start really all round. I'm so surprised when people say Liverpool are not in it to win it this year. I don't, I don't get that. Because if we are in it to win or win points or games when everything's against us, even, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> VAR and, and all the crazy things we've been throwing at, at us this season and still we're standing this tall... <laughs> Already, mm. uh, don't you think we we have a chance? Are you are you saying we can't do it this year? No, I, I think uh, people are beginning to realise. Maybe at the beginning of the uh, the season, when people are picking out their favourites and the front runners, and Liverpool were maybe not looked upon as going to be a major threat because of the rebuild that was going on. I think um, we've now changed many minds, and I think uh, you're hearing more nationally that Liverpool are seen as back to being a powerhouse and, and they're going to be there or thereabouts. Now, obviously, everybody will have their little thoughts about who's capable of doing it. But I think more and more people have come around to the fact that Liverpool are genuinely the, the one who the could actually run, run City close. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, Newcastle, Tottenham were, were featuring in, in people's in, impressions. And uh, I think their, their race will, will ultimately sort of sort of run run out Arsenal maybe could uh, could keep sort of pace for most of the season but I think the the championship is going to be between Liverpool and Manchester City um, and you've just got to get that consistency I think because anybody that is going to rival City has to be winning week in week out and Liverpool at that at this point at the moment 
almost sort of getting there. You know, we've, we've dropped a couple of points on, on a couple of occasions where maybe uh, people might have expected better, particularly the Luton game. But uh, for the most part, I think the way Liverpool are picking up points, consistency is, uh, is becoming a feature of our, of our season so far. But then again, Karen, for Luton, if you think about it, what Luis Diaz was going through with his yeah. dad <coughs> and his mom being kidnapped his mom was released but then you know the dad was missing for days and in the middle of all that there's a team going away to play a game and can you imagine that pressure how, how is all. that even possible i mean i don't i don't blame anyone for dropping points in such a horrendous situation and of obviously one player's psychology will definitely affect mm. the rest of the player's psychology especially with such a traumatic <laughs> event which is kind of Un, almost unheard of really it's something you don't you don't plan for that or expect something like that it's completely out of the blue and it's it's a trauma it's a trauma the I, i'm gonna say and so many of the players on the team can relate to that because so many players are from south america and from different kind of cultures um and David, what did you think when you heard it because it is shocking isn't it how mm. f- football can sort of generate scenarios like that because it's just wrong on every level well it is unusual it has happened to a few players in in recent times you know the players uh, you know in the african one or two of the african countries have mm. have had problems um but south america is such a you know a sort of a, a strange sort of place in, in, a, in a fantastic way really in many ways but equally the, there are the dangers uh, that exist in one or two of the countries in uh, in South America, and uh, you can't you can't uh, you can't sort of really plan that. I mean, at the end of the day, Luis Diaz is a major uh, figure in his, his country and uh, respected and and sort of lauded. Uh, you wouldn't think that perhaps one of his family would be uh, sort of taken in, in such a, well, both his, his mom and dad in such a way. But um, uh, the fact that that you know he was going through that, and, and and we have said sort of throughout the year there is such a unity about the Liverpool group that, that it could not have failed to have, uh, have impacted on 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 you know a few of the boys, and um, you know we've got a few South American guys who, who may. You know, it could have sort of uh, it been a, a thing that maybe was in the back of their minds. But certainly the fact that they they, they had to go and um, complete the fixture, um, it, it, was a, it was troublesome. I mean, Jürgen said, wasn't it? It was a strange sort of few days. Team talks and stuff were, were more about sort of uh, that unity than, than maybe... The, the, the game of football uh, sort of that yeah. they were going to face so the result was not well, it wasn't great uh, but maybe let's say in the, in, the, in the face of what they were going through yeah it was maybe expected and what do you say about Luis Diaz's mental strength when he goes ahead and scores a goal in the middle of all that you know um, whatever you want to call it coincidence or or something but sometimes these things are made to, to happen you know when players celebrate certain things in their life um coincidence seems to have a a part and um maybe it, it was written in the in the skies you know the fact that he was going to feature that he would get a a bit of um good fortune somewhere along the line and um 
and he would get that opportunity, the uh, the, uh, the the the. Uh, the moment to, to, to do something like that, but uh, so fitting, made for a great uh, sort of tribute to, to, to him and his, his attitude, his overall attitude. And you know, he doesn't seem to have shown much um, sort of uh, not sort of exp out, outward sort of expression. I'm sure inside he's been his his uh, his, his body's been all over the place. But uh, the images of him this day, uh, last couple of days, returning back to Colombia, probably show that. How badly, you know, it it will it would have affected him, and the re the relief now that that, that that there is. Oh, it was so moving, um, David. You say that uh, you think this league will be between Liverpool and Manchester City, which means we have a huge fixture coming out when this international break ends, and we're going away. Not that far away, but we're still going away to play Manchester City. Mm -hmm. An early kickoff on a Saturday. Jürgen loves them, and we don't really like them either. If that's that's any, <laughs> any better. But um, how do you think that game's going to pan out? Well, it's a, it's a tricky year kickoff time. Obviously, on the back of an international break, when when players are returning from all over the world, it will be unusual. Um, in in preparing the players, I mean they'll, they'll have a, you know, a mixed uh, sort of timings where they'll all be wandering back. I mean the the South American guys have got a busy week because uh, I think next Tuesday Brazil play Argentina, so uh, you know that that's a huge that's a huge fixture. Uh, Colombia play Brazil, I think tomorrow night, tonight or tomorrow night. Oh, it's uh, going to be teammates so, meeting each so other. So they're going to be the there's some big games. It's not as if they they go. I know uh, Egypt are playing sort of a lesser uh, uh, country in in their thing, but for some of the American South American guys, they got they've got big big games. You know, some of the other players are going to. You know, it, it won't be as sort of testing. I don't think, but it is going to be hard preparation for. Um, for Liverpool, uh, equally so. City are going to have a lot of players who will feature in international football, so it's going to be a, a not so much a bit of a lottery, but I mean, it, it's both managers I think are going to be sort of like crossing their fingers and and hoping that they have good squads to healthy squads to to, to pick from. But the fact that it's twelve thirty on a Saturday at, the, at you know, as I say, on the back of an international week seems awful bad planning. Maybe though part of it, which hasn't really been sort of voiced, but the reason why Liverpool played twice as many games at twelve thirty is because of the popularity around the world. I mean, it, you know, TV calls the shots these days, and and that's the only reason it's being held at twelve thirty is because I think the um, the public in in the in the Far East sort of demands that it's at a at, a, at an appropriate time of their day. And um, you know it's it's not it's unfair I think on both teams and it's a shame really because it's the biggest maybe the biggest fixture of the of the season certainly so biggest so far. You were mentioning Egypt and we have at the end of this podcast we have to talk a little bit about Mo Salah because I mean he's been scoring in every single home match in the league mm. so far this season and broken the record in doing so you know scoring in every single one. Uh, what what would you say about his consistency at home this season? I think his form has been indifferent, in actually, and I wouldn't say he's been playing his best football, even though some sort of national uh, writers and pundits sort of claim to think that he's back to his best. In goals, 
scoring terms, perhaps he's he's not far away. But his his overall form is not, hasn't been that brilliant. I mean, against Everton the other week, he had a very poor game, but he ends up walking off the pitch with two goals. And uh, <laughs> I mean, that's what goal scorers are there for at the end of the day. But also, sometimes I think you can look towards uh, your overall part in the in the performance and I, and I think at times I think he, he's sort of still on the edge a little bit he could be involved a little bit more but he has his way of scoring goals and the fact that as you say he's got this uh, landmark uh, for for scoring in all the home games his 200th league goal for or 200th career goal for Liverpool um, you know you can't knock sort of statistics if you if that's all you're bothered in but Maybe, as I say, his, his overall form could, could improve, but he's scoring the goals and, and he's a major part of what, uh, of what Liverpool are achieving at the moment. 200 English goals, um, so a couple for Chelsea and the rest mm -hmm. for Liverpool. So we're getting very close to 200 Liverpool goals now. It's ticking, ticking towards that. Um, Karen, this season, um, Hotel T has been really busy because we've expanded with two more buildings uh, and we become official uh, ticket suppliers in, in football packages. So we're having, you know, 50 people staying with us at least every, every home game, which is incredibly fun. Uh, what has it been like to all of a sudden have this buzzing kind of resort going? I think it's lovely, actually. I think that's it's it's nice to have the building sort of, um, you know, for, for people's voices and chatter, and you can families running around and playing games in the in the lounge. It's it's been lovely. It's been very nice. I've got to say, it's a hotel should be alive at the end of the day, and it's nice that we've now got the facilities to accommodate more people. Oh, it's so much fun. And I have to sort of adjust myself a little bit because it's not Hotel T has got the tickets, but Liverpool Adventures, the travel agency has got the tickets, but everyone with those tickets stay with us just just so we get the politically correct uh, way of, of things. Um, and then, yeah, we have a little bit of a rest where we're going to Norway, Stavanger on Friday, Christian Sund on the Saturday, um, and Phil Thompson is coming with us, and, and Keo from Boss Night. So it's going to be... It's going to be so much fun. We need to go traveling soon, David. Are you up for a little trip to Norway soon or somewhere? Well, we always enjoy going to Norway. I mean, it's been a feature of recent years, you know, visiting Norway, getting the opportunity to um, become familiar with, uh, with the country. We've been very fortunate down the years. Now this association is so strong. Uh, and everybody enjoys going to Norway. It's such a you yeah. know healthy atmosphere. You love know, the fresh air of, of Norway and uh, seafood. Yeah. Oh, everyone loves Norway. Everyone loves Norway. If you visit it, everyone loves Norway. There's yeah, Norway. Vic was great, wasn't it? When we went, yeah, I had yeah the, of course. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was a real honour to be in yours, both yours and Phil's, mm -hmm. uh, Phil Thompson's um, company, and it was just such good fun. And it was a, a great event there as well. Yeah, this is the Norwegian Liverpool Festival. So if you listen to this and you are from a supporter club out there in the world and you want David Faircliffe, <laughs> Karen or myself to come and visit, maybe you want us to bring some music with Keo, Kieran Molyneux from The Boss Night, just send us an email and we'll come and visit you and we'll spread some, some, some Liverpool love in your supporters club wherever you are. We wouldn't mind, by the way, going to Australia <laughs> or to America. Asia or to America <laughs> or to South America. Just send us a little email 
um, and get, get your get your gang together, and then um, yeah, we'll come and see you. Wouldn't that be lovely? With a little warm trip in the winter, it, it would be nice because obviously there's so many supporters who can't get here, but a little piece of Liverpool could actually travel there. And I think you know, mm. I, I always love it when. You, you meet people who don't get the opportunity very often to visit. They feel so special if you go to visit them and they can hear the stories firsthand. I think it's a lovely, a lovely gesture for them too. It's been a, it's been a uh, an education really uh, meeting so many people from all around the world regularly at Anfield on match days. It's it's incredible where people are, are coming from every corner of the earth. Um, we're very fortunate. We're well supported, and as you say, Karen, there's, there's plenty of people out there who unfortunately will Can't, never get the opportunity no. to get to Anfield. But uh, certainly, it's it's always great to meet Liverpool supporters wherever they come from, and uh, and hearing their tales or why they're associated affiliated. Mm. To, to Liverpool, but uh, I mean, we, we love being a part of it. We're very lucky. Yeah, we most certainly are. It's so nice to always spread some some Liverpool passion and joy around the, the globe. It's it's my favourite thing to do, actually. And, and that's why we've built this place as well. It's mm. to share, you know, all the stories, the Liverpool love, and create bonds and friendships between people um yeah so it's let's let's take tia on the road i'd love that <laughs> and if you are norwegian if you want to help us because next week is a huge week for us um because uh, the shankly whiskey is being launched in norway which is such a big deal and for everyone to go to their local vin monopole the the, the wine monopoly and ask for the whiskey if you could do that for us, that would be amazing because that way it will trigger uh, maybe some, some, some shankly stretching arms on, on the shelves. And so can we just add that um, some of the money goes to Milstead School? We're trying to build their playground. And that, that's the biggest thing for me is helping the school to achieve their goal, which is so important for, for the children at that amazing school. It is such an important point because uh, we will always make sure that some of the proceeds go to a good cause, a charity. And Karen, as as built uh, the Great Bill Shankly's granddaughter, you always choose where uh, that money is going to. So for now, you've chosen Milstead School, mm -hmm. which is only a couple of miles from here. And it's a school for children with special needs, mm -hmm. with severe autism, handicaps of various um, sorts. And it's such a such an amazing school. They mm -hmm. do. They are incredible with the kids mm. and they they have to get a new playground but it's going to cost a lot because they need a lot of special facilities but it, we will make it happen definitely just buy those pure, bottles pure thought alone pure positive thinking alone mm. i've already I got it built in my head so <laughs> so dear dear uh, david fairclough and karen elizabeth gill and um my name is Ragnil Lundansnes. I just would like to thank you both for your time and thank everyone who's been watching or listening in. Uh, remember to follow us or subscribe or whatever. It doesn't cost a thing, but it just gives you a notice every time we have enough time to sit around this table and make another podcast. So until next time, take care and all the best. Thank you. Thank you.